Folks, before we jump into today's highlights, I just have to ask you, do you want to put 50 years of baseball history in your pocket? I know what you're thinking, it's not going to fit, but it really will because it's all in audio format. These are lost pieces of baseball history told to you from baseball cathedrals. They're, they're told to you by icons of the game from Red Barber, Ernie Howell, to Harry Carey. I get goosebumps personally listening to these games and even thinking about the interviews and what these players are going to share with me. I know what you're thinking. Is this AI? Are there bots? Is there some magic potion here that are making these things appear? And I'm telling you, they're not. These games are real. They were done by real people at that specific moment in time. All the iconic moments, the interviews, none of it's reproduced, none of it's AI. It's all real, but done again by real people. If you want to check them out, uh, there's a free intro offer. Jump on over to VintageBaseballReflections.com. And there's over 2,500 audio clips and games for you to put in your pocket, take on walks with you, hang around the fireplace and listen, put them on the porch, invite some friends over. However you want to listen, you're going to be able to listen in these amazing moments in baseball history. Use this coupon this day for a special gift at the checkout. From Double Day to Current Day, this is a Vintage Baseball Daily Rewind Show. And your host, Tom Hannon from TomsVintageBaseball.com and Matt Musico from MLBDailyDingers.com. Uh, today is all about December 12th, and as of 2022, there have been 106 Major League Baseball players who've been born. Uh, 45 Major League Baseball players have passed away, and there's over 70 events ranging from awards, signings, and fights. And these are five really interesting things about December 12th that we want to tell you about. Today is just a little bit somber of a day because it's uh, we're recording this on December 8th, and I am from Boston, and uh, unfortunately we've lost our um, future Hall of Fame shortstop, uh, Alexander Bogart, because he left to the West Coast, but that's just me, Larry uh, Matt, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm here for you to kind of let your feelings out and uh, feel whatever you want to feel. Although I think San Diego is pretty nice, nice area this time of year. So can't really fault Xander for going out west to over there, at least. I, I can't. And I will tell you, I've been, to, um, I've been to Petco Park. And when I went out there, I went out there for the World Baseball Classics in 2006. And, I, and behind the field, have you ever been there? I, I've been there, but I haven't been in. I was in San Diego and I kind of just walked around and it wasn't open. If you walked around it, you may have seen that they have a wiffle ball field behind it out back. Yes. And that actually inspired me to build, I don't know if you and I have ever talked about this, but I built a wiffle ball field. I built a replica of Ebbets Field. Oh, nice. I may have to pay you a visit. <laughs> That's uh, I, Well, it's Little Ebbets Field. Um, and uh, unfortunately, I sold that house, but I did have that for a decade. It was it was great. Um, so that did, that that did inspire me, and I would agree the weather is way better out there than it is here. But I'm still distraught that the um, franchise let such a um, he isn't just a great player. I don't know how much you know about him, but I mean the guy speaks five languages. He is a class act from top to bottom, and it's just. Even if it costs you a little bit more money, those are guys you want to keep um, versus you let them go. So it's uh, it's a little unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, and you you see, I'm sure you've seen the reaction across social media as well too. Everyone's just kind of like, "What the heck happened?" 
this is one of those that you were talking. You're one of your franchise icons, one of the face of your franchises. I mean, I think he debuted. Was it like 2013 or something? Didn't he like? Wasn't he a part of the 2013 championship season at the very end, and then again in 18 as well too? So it's like there's been a lot of history with this guy. And he had a he had a game changing at bat um, in the 2013 playoffs. You know, um, he held up and he walked in a really key spot. I mean, the guy and he makes all the plays, and he's just um, yeah, he two championships and you know. Uh, it's just somebody you want to keep. It's somebody that the franchise should have zeroed in on to keep. Um, and it's it's disappointing when you see that they, they've let players like this go. He's not the only one. I mean, they let John Lester go. They let Mookie Betts go. I mean, they traded him for basically nothing. Um, and they're probably going to let Devers go, too. Um, it's just, um, you know, when you develop players like that, that's you, you keep them. Even Tampa Bay has made a long-term investment with Wander Franco, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, this is what teams are supposed to be doing, and uh, it just seems like the Red Sox aren't on the same page as the rest of the league. Yeah, it's definitely a disappointment, and let's hope they don't make another mistake with their third baseman. But, I mean, your guess is as good as mine at this point, based on how things have gone so far. Yeah, I don't think they're going $400 million on for him, so um, I can't. Uh, I, don't see, I don't see that one happening either. Mm. But... What, what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's get into it. Um, we're going to start off with some trivia like we always do. Um, so this is kind of an interesting one I, I stumbled across. Um, and, this, and this happened uh, a year, uh, almost a year to the day of five. Uh, this player was involved in uh, trades for two Hall of Famers, two Cy Young Award winners, and an MVP. Who is he? A real valuable guy. That's who he is. <laughs> Uh, Okay, so we'll start with uh, on December 12th, 1941, future Hall of Famer Archie Vaughn is traded by the Pittsburgh Pirates to the Brooklyn Dodgers. The Bucks receive four players in return, catcher Hot Potato Hamlin, which is a fantastic nickname, Pete Coscarart, Babe Phelps, and Jimmy Wazdell. Shifted to third base by the Dodgers, Vaughn had an off year in 1942, batting just 277 to finish under 300 for the first time in his career. However, he did rebound in 1943, batting 305 and leading the National League with 112 runs scored and a career-high 20 stolen bases. Yeah, Vaughn is an interesting one. He also played in 47 for the Dodgers, and he was on the um, Jackie Robinson's team. He died young. Uh, he died in a boating accident in 1952. Uh, he mm. flipped over, and it was in uh, California. It's, um, it's always something I look at when I think of, when I think of him. Yeah, I can believe it. So I'm uh, going to jump ahead to uh, December 12, 1954. Willie Mays and Roberto Clemente led, uh, led the North to a victory in the Puerto Rican Winter League annual All-Star fundraiser. Uh, the sporting news correspondent, um, and there's no way I'm going to say this name correctly, uh, Pete Alvarez de la Varga, <laughs> I believe, gives an exuberant young uh, duo's ex- exploits some national exposure. Uh, he quotes, the league took a break from its pennant battle to stage the annual Three Kings All-Star Game. All the proceeds went to a YMCA, uh, YMCA fundraiser to buy gifts for the island's poor children in keeping with the old Latin tradition of the Three Kings, uh, bringing gifts on January 6th. Maya Gaza Clubs won the game 7-5, and Mays and Clemente both hit home runs. Okay, I mean... I've been staring at this for a while. Can you just, I can't even imagine seeing both Willie Mays and Roberto Clemente in the same outfield. 
They don't even need a third outfielder. They could just both play in the gaps and probably just cover everything, don't you think? I, they, two of the best defensive outfielders in the history of the game. Uh, yeah. And, and they not only could field, but they could throw. So you weren't mm. going, you weren't taking any extra bases either. Yeah, yeah. And they could hit too. So they could do a little bit of everything. I, I think um, <laughs> if there's a player I could go back in time and watch, it would be Mace. Mm, I believe it. One of them. Um, my grandfather grew up a New York Giants fan, and um, and he eventually shifted to the Mets once once they came about. But he always jokes with my mom, who was born in '54, that she like held up her head to watch the Willie Mays catch during the World Series. So my mom's like, "Yeah, I remember it clear as day." But um, but yeah, no, it was always. He passed in 2015, but I remember always being able to like try and like pull some like just really random baseball stories out of him. Uh, it was always really interesting to hear him talk about that kind of stuff. I think that's the thing that's interesting about baseball, isn't it? It's like uh, it connects you to your past. Um, and if, have you ever seen the baseball documentary with, with Ken Burns? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved it. When Doris Kearns Goodwin's at the end, as she's talking about when she's sitting in a ballpark, she feels like her dad's on one side, her grandfather's on the other, and then she's trying to transfer that information over to her kids. Yeah. I mean, um, I think I think that's what baseball is about. It, um, especially, you know, here we are talking about stuff that happened, what, 80, 90 years ago. And yeah. It feels <laughs> exciting, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, we'll move ahead to December 12, 1969. Cleveland trades pitchers Louis Tiant and Stan Williams to the Twins for third baseman Greg Nettles. Outfielder Ted Eulander and pitchers Dean Chance and Bob Miller. Tiant posted a 9-20 record with a 371 ERA in 1969. However, his strikeout-to-walk ratio completely tanked, leading to suspicions that he was pitching hurt. He did pitch very well at the start of the 1970 season. He began the year with a 6-0 record and a 3-12 ERA by the end of May, which was then followed by him going on the disabled list with arm troubles. He came back in early August, but only won one more game the rest of the way, and then he gave up one run and two-thirds of an inning in a relief appearance when Minnesota was swept by the Baltimore Orioles in the 1970 ALCS. So, old old millennium, but still the same old postseason problems for the Twins, unfortunately. They did they did okay when they had Kirby Puckett, but beyond it's that, true. they um, they have not done well in the playoffs. It has not been their uh, sweet spot, that's for sure. No, definitely not. But... I mean, you got to get there, too. So, I mean, they at least are getting there, giving themselves, you know, it's like every time you get a no, you're closer to a yes. Maybe they're getting closer to a yes, but who knows. It feels like the AL Central is always wide open anyways, so they have as good a shot as anyone each year these days. Yeah, it's true. I'd like to make it out to the new park. I haven't been there. I've been invited a few times. I was going to go, and then with COVID hit, I, um, it, I got sidetracked. A friend of mine was out there, and... He was kind of hoping that I would go out there, but I, I wanted the new park looks really nice. Yeah, it looks beautiful. I haven't been there either, but it's definitely. What, what I'm, I'm sure it's probably similar bucket list uh, for yourself. But I would like to get myself to each of the major league parks at some point in my lifetime. So uh, I've knocked off a bunch, but not Target Field yet. I'm sure that looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm missing the sense of the middle of the country. I've got some of them. I, I've been to Comerica. Um, yeah, I've been to Milwaukee. But uh, I haven't. There's a bunch of them in the in the center of the country that I'd love to get to, like St. Louis. I'd like to get to KC before it's gone. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think I I don't know if it's official, but I believe they're tearing that down. So. I mean, it will be at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, which is unfortunate. Going to a birthday here. Uh, one of my favorites from when I was a kid. Without 
date myself here a little bit, born on uh, December 12, 1950 in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, which is uh, also one of my favorite vacation spots, uh, Gorman Thomas was born. Uh, he was a big lumberjack like, slu like slugger. Um, he, was a, he was actually a fantastic outfielder. He was a premier outfielder until he went um, under rotator cuff surgery in 84. Um, and he was, ironically, the first player ever picked by the Seattle Pilots in the June 69 draft, baseball's only one-year team in the modern era. And uh, they would be a, they're a topic for conversation another day. But um, he won the um, minor league home run championship twice, um, but he struck out a lot, and he had a low batting average. So he probably fit in pretty good in today's game. Yeah, at the same <laughs> thought. <laughs> yep. Uh, but he became steady in 1978, um, but the strikeouts continued. He had 478 between uh, 78 and 1980, but he made up for those strikeouts because he led the AL in home runs in, uh, for, with 45 and 79 and 39 and 82. He also drove in 100 runs three different times, and he finished in, um, in the top 10 in MVP voting twice in four years. Um, Thomas was part of that um, great Brewers team that played in the 82 World Series, although he did struggle uh, going 4 for 41 in the playoffs. Uh, he had a really rough start in 83. He was hitting uh, below 200 with five home runs. Um, and his Brewer career came to an end with a controversial and disastrous trade on uh, June 5, 1983 from Milwaukee. They sent Thomas to Cleveland with Ernie Camacho and uh, Jamie Easterly. In return, they got Rick Manning and Rick Waits. At the time, they had thought Thomas's career was done. But he did turn things around with the Indians. He connected for 17 home runs with a 221 average in 106 games for the rest of the way. Um, but really, that trade ended the Brewers' run as a dominant team in the American League East, which is why you know I would say that it was disastrous for the Brewers. Um, then his career, ironically, comes to an end where it started in Seattle. Um, Thomas made a really good comeback in 85, but then he was relegated to uh, DH in first base, and he's going to retire in 86 with 268 home runs. Still, still among the Brewers' all-time leaders, too, in homers. I think th those 45 he hit in 79 were, it was a single-season Brewers record until some dude named Prince Fielder came around and hit 50. So, yeah. I mean, he's still, you know, his name, he always, I always like to think of a player's legacy by seeing how long they're still sticking around on certain leaderboards, you know, years and years after they're done playing. And, you know, if Thomas fits the bill here, especially in Brewers' history. It's pretty amazing. And he was a prototype, late 70s, early 80s guy. He had the hair, he had the mustache, <laughs> the clothes, and he was in, not in shape. Uh, he wasn't a guy you looked at and said he's an Adonis in any way, shape, or form. But he had great success, even though it was in a, you know, a short amount of time. Yeah, if there are certain players that just scream 80s baseball, and he's definitely one of them, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I really liked the Brewers teams. They were fun to, fun to watch, even though they really beat on my Red Sox. And uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty bad, and they, um, and they also stole Cecil Cooper from them, which was a great trade that they made. Mm. So uh, before we get to the trivia, just a quick word about TomsVintageBaseball.com. Um, we like to say baseball is the only game you can watch on the radio. Uh, Tom's Vintage Baseball is all about voices of the games, announcers, game highlights, and interviews. You know, we were just talking about this, Willie Mays, Roberto Clemente. Imagine just listening to those games, right? For Mays, he's in the 50, 54-50-62 World Series. You can hear that, you know, that incredible catch. It's not about seeing it sometimes, it's about hearing it, about how the announcers bring it to life. 
left-handed is Willie Mays is four home run game, and then Clemente, of course, 71 and 60 World Series. I got you know rookie at bats from uh, against Sandy Koufax. You know it's just amazing to listen to this stuff. Um, so many classic you know Pittsburgh Pirates broadcasts to enjoy, and for the Seattle Pilots people, I have their very first game in uh, 1969. If you're a fan of the Pilots or you want to recollect a little bit about Corman Thomas. So there's over 300 games um, from the 30s to 70s, hundreds of interviews, game highlights. You can try it out for free. Um, and just as a quick reminder, too, there's an app, so you can take it on the go with you, whether it's iPhone, Androids. You know, check it out at TomSvintageBaseball.com. And there really is nothing like a sample. And it's about the nuances, right, that you can hear when you listen to these games. And Matt had brought up uh, Willie Mays and the catch in 1954. And here's a radio call of that catch. Up for this condition. I look back to the runner at second. Just one and there's a drive going deep out into that cutoff. Mays is racing back, still going And he makes a beautiful play. And Dobie tags up at second and is moving to third. A beautiful, beautiful catch by Willie Mays. Gentlemen, for those of us who have not seen too much of amazing Willie Mays, we know now why they talk to him so very much. That was one of the most spectacular catches we have ever seen. That one was hit to the wall in right center. Well over 400 feet away from home plate. And Mays was racing with his back turned to the end. Very cool. All right, so to our, our trivia answer, just as a quick refresher, in, in one calendar year, this player was traded for two Hall of Famers, two Cy Young Award winners, two Cy Young Award winners, and an MVP. Uh, and this is outfielder Sixto Lascano. On December 12, 1980, the St. Louis Cardinals sent pitchers Raleigh Fingers and Pete Vukovic, as well as catcher Ted Simmons, to the Milwaukee Brewers for outfielder Sixto Lascano, pitcher Larry Sorensen, and two minor leaguers. The trade will benefit the Brewers because Fingers went on to win the Cy Young Award and MVP Award in 1981, and Vukovic will garner the same honor in 1982. Then, nearly a year later to the day, on December 10, 1981, Sixto Lascano and Gary Templeton were traded by the St. Louis Cardinals to the San Diego Padres for Steve, Steve Mora and some guy named Ozzie Smith. That ended up going okay for the, for the Cardinals. Yeah, he got traded for a lot of Hall of Famers. <laughs> I, feel, I, I, I would imagine, I mean, that's never happened to me, obviously, but I feel like that would be kind of like a badge of honor. You know, I mean, like, obviously, your current team doesn't want you anymore because they, they want somebody else, but they see you as valuable enough to trade for, you know, future Hall of Famers and MVP award winners and Cy Young winners. I mean, that's, that's got to count for something, right? It's got to count. I mean, it's twice, twice in uh, less, than a, less than a year. It's hard to, it's hard to believe. And it really... If it wasn't for that, um, he had a pretty, uh, a pretty quiet career. Although I think, I think he hit a walk-off grand slam on opening day one year. But um, it was 80, I think. But anyways, appreciate the trivia. Um, quick personal fun fact is with Ozzie Smith. I actually got to play with Ozzie Smith when I went to fantasy camp for the Hall of Fame in 2006. Nice, so that's Tim, awesome. George Brett, Phil Negro, Robin Roberts. It, he was. Uh, he's such a good guy. Uh, I can't even. I can't even tell you. Um, he was as advertised. He was the nicest of all the of all the people that we met that um, that week. It was a really fun week. Was he still doing flips and stuff for everyone, or or what? He did a flip. <laughs>
he's still ageless. The guy, the guy was fit. Like he, he was a little thicker than he was in his playing days, but not much. Mm. And when he went out there taking, he taking some ground balls. Um, he, you just realize the diff, the, the, the wide difference between someone going there for fantasy camp and someone <laughs> who's a professional. Yeah, nice and smooth, I'm sure. Yeah, even after all those years of not playing. His glove was like as big as his hand. I mean, yeah, I know they always talked about that six-finger glove he had, but it wasn't much bigger than his hand. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, he was just amazing. Great guy. So that's a wrap for our show. Um, next show is going to be on December 5th, and we're going to talk Catfish Hunter. Uh, we're going to talk about the Mets, Bob Bella, and Sliding Billy Hamilton. Um, Matt, I hope you had some fun with us again today. Um, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at mmusico8 and also at MLB Daily Dingers on Twitter. Perfect. And the uh, best place to find me is at tomsvintagebaseball.com. And we appreciate you joining us today for uh, Vintage Baseball Rewind. And please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Uh, visit, visit tomsvintagebaseball.com for more resources as well as access to other episodes and more about baseball history. And until next time, we'll see you at the ballpark.